0: Держи, держи.
1: Welcome to Hear There Be Monsters Podcast. I am your captain, Derek Haynes. It's that time of year. The days are growing shorter. The leaves are dying and the air is turning crisp. Halloween is in the air and I'm anxious to get a little spooky. So without further ado, let's do just that. Our first story of the night comes to us from Southern California.
2: Hello, Derek. My name is Ben Bossetter, and uh, I have a story for you. It's a bit of a short ghost story that happened to me. Not necessarily a ghost, but definitely something I can't quite explain. Several years ago, uh, a buddy of mine invited me over to his house to play a video game overnight. Um, his parents were not the biggest fans of me, so the only time we could hang out were when his parents were out of town. So, sure enough... They had gone on vacation, and he invited me over so we could stay up to the wee hours of the morning trying to beat this game. And um, myself and him were in the living room uh, with his two dogs. One was a uh, kind of a hunting dog, and the other was a small, goofy chihuahua. And we're both hours into playing the game. And we hear on the other side of the house, the front door opened. And what sounded like two people talking and walking into the house. Like normal conversation you would hear people having from arriving home back and forth. The dogs go bananas and run to the door. I look at him with my eyes wide thinking, oh crap, your parents are here. So I tell him, I'm going to go outside. Tell me if they're here. I'll meet you at the Denny's down the street and then we'll figure it out from there. So, go out in the backyard I'm like hiding by a tree ready to book it. So I don't get busted. And, uh, I'm waiting and waiting and he comes back out, uh, real tail looking. And he says, there's nobody here. And we both kind of are of the mindset of, let's just not talk about it and continue with the game. Um, his house sat about 20 feet from a railroad track. Um, in the town of Torrance, actually. And he's not too far from a train accident that occurred where a child was uh, hit by the train and dragged up the track about two miles. I mean, this is all urban legend. I have no confirmation whether this happened, but I love the mindset that trains are big carriers of energy, and I believe that kind of affects everyone living near there. He's also reported to me through his childhood of growing up in this house of seeing shadowy figures, experiencing your typical sleep paralysis, you know, walked into bed, bed is vibrating, something out of the corner of your eye, sort of oppressive. Um, Other than the the voices, I hadn't really experienced anything other than seeing the dogs act weird. They would only walk on... There was a long hallway connecting two of the largest portions of the house. I would see them laying against the wall on one side avoiding the other and they almost it it was odd either way but that's my story very short and sweet can't really explain it but you would like it so hopefully your viewers do too and uh i also wanted to say i'm a huge fan of your show i really enjoy it and um i wanted to talk about possibly you know we myself and my partner jackie have started a bit of a paranormal documentary team called the Mysterium Ship. And we'd love to have you check it out and tell us what you think. Um we're just starting out, we just did our first video going down to San Juan Capistrano investigating the mission and uh the old cemetery up there. And uh once we're having it, we found an abandoned building that we went into and fell off filming. So yeah, I think uh you and your viewers would love it. It's definitely right up in that same spectrum of the paranormal realm. So, um, yeah, keep up the great works. We love the show. Uh, and the website for, our, uh, group is called the mysterium shift.com. Hope you guys like it. And, uh, thanks again, Derek. Bye.
1: Thank you, Ben. Your encounter is quite interesting. In fact, something somewhat similar happened to me quite recently. You see, I just moved to a new home in a remote area, and I was asleep at around 4.30 a.m., and I distinctly heard a voice say the word, protein. I abruptly jumped out of bed. My girlfriend, whom was sleeping next to me, also awoke abruptly, hearing the same thing. I searched the entire house, the yard, and even the street below. Nothing. Not a soul. So who said the word? And perhaps more importantly, why? Protein? So when I heard your account, it made me think of my recent brush with the unexplained. As for your documentary channel, I really enjoyed the historical information provided and the urban exploration aspect of your videos, and I encourage all my listeners to go check out the footage. At the very least, it allows you to see places you might otherwise never see. You can find a link to Ben and Jackie's videos on the show notes for this episode. Thank you again, Ben, and please keep me posted on your further adventures. Let me know if you make it up my direction. Our next tale of the night is a strange one involving a mysterious creature on the roads of Kentucky. It was a late summer Friday evening about 20 years ago. I was around 15 years old and I was riding around our small town with my girlfriend's older sister, who was about 20. We were waiting to pick up my girlfriend from cheerleader practice, so we were killing time. We were cruising the local parking lots and a guy that was interested in my girlfriend's sister began flirting with her and trying to get her to park and talk with him and his friends. She, of course, was playing hard to get and sped away. He followed her to the next parking lot and she laughed and told me that we're going to lose him. I thought the whole situation was comical and laughed with her about it. We left the lights of our small town as night was falling and drove about five miles out into the country. As we turned onto a single lane road, she giggled and said, he'll never follow us out here. We both had a laugh and I remember looking out the passenger window as a barn light lit up on the side of an old silo. All of a sudden, she slams on the brakes and slaps her arm across my chest to try to keep me from flying forward. I snapped around to look and see what she had so nearly smashed us into when I focused on a creature standing upright in the middle of the road. I didn't understand what I was seeing. She yelled, What the f*** is that? and flicked on her bright lights. I can remember distinct characteristics of this thing. It was approximately 10 to 15 yards in front of us. I would estimate that it stood about seven feet tall. The best way to describe the creature was, and I know it sounds weird, but it looked like a lion standing on its back legs. It had a short, but still elongated nose, and what appeared to be a mane or longer hair on its neck and upper back, chest, and shoulders. The rest of the body was covered in much shorter hair. The upper arms were very short and drawn up to its chest. The legs were that of a dog with the backward joint. It also had a long tail that curved upwards. It was stopped in the middle of the road and was peering right into our car. It didn't make any noise that I remember hearing, but it turned and began to move in an awkward manner off the road, down a ditch and into an open field. The movement of the creature was unlike any that I'd seen. The best way to describe it was that It was very herky-jerky, almost labored, kind of like something you'd see in an old-time monster movie. Once the creature moved into the field and out of the reach of the headlights, we backed up and sped back to town as quickly as possible. I still live in that town I grew up in, and to this day I've never heard of any other encounter with anything that sounds similar to the creature we saw that night. There have been several Sasquatch sightings in the county north of us, but nothing like What scared us that Friday night so badly I often think about the sighting And still wonder what it could have been Sasquatch Dog man Or could we have Just happened upon A demon Blood and bone Or completely supernatural Whatever it was Its image will be forever burned Into my mind That story was submitted by Lee Thank you Lee I have to be honest, these upright hairy creature stories are my favorite. I have a soft spot for the dogman in Sasquatch Legends, and I can't help but feel that this one falls somewhere in between. I wonder if someone with an exceptional Halloween costume decided to have a little fun that night. Hide in the brush and wait for the next car to drive by before jumping out to scare them. But, that's quite dangerous. First off, any person standing in the center of the road could easily be hit by an oncoming vehicle. In addition, I've been to Kentucky and anyone that's ever been there knows it's a gun state. So any fool out there trying to scare people also puts himself in the danger of being shot. My last rebuttal to my own argument is this. I feel that anyone playing a prank would most likely perform it more than once. And being that it's a small town, you'd think if anyone else experienced this event, word would have spread quickly. Who knows what you actually saw, but the story is phenomenal. Thank you again for sharing it. Our final call of the evening is a very similar story. This one from the state of Michigan.
0: Hi, my name is Alex, and this happened back in the summer of 1999 in a rural country town about an hour north of Detroit, Michigan. I was 15 at the time, and me, my 14-year-old brother, and his friend had arranged to sneak out to meet some girls we knew from school. We waited until 1 o'clock in the morning to make sure our parents were sound asleep before making our move. It was a simple plan. We told the two girls that we'd be over soon by messaging them through ICQ, which was an instant messaging app popular back at the time. Uh, We snuck out the back door, made sure to grab uh, dad's spare car keys on the way out. We put the car in neutral and had our friends steer while we pushed it down the driveway and down the block. Once we got a couple of houses down the street, I got in and started the car. I only had my learner's permit but wasn't too worried about being pulled over because the girls lived on a country road. Uh, The town in which we lived was small enough that if you drove a mile in any direction, you'd end up on deserted dirt roads, surrounded by cornfields and deep woods. As we got close to their house, we cut the headlights and waited by the side of the road. We waited a few minutes before they finally ran out of the shadows and hopped into the car. Then the five of us drove around the back roads, listened to music, joked around, and talked about whatever teenagers talk about. As we turned down another stretch of abandoned road, my attention was drawn to something just outside the range of the car's lights. I slowed the car down to a crawl, turned down the radio, and turned the high beams on. I strained my eyes, trying to pierce through the black, to see beyond the headlights. I noticed that the rest of the car had fallen silent until my brother, who was sitting next to me, said, what the hell is that? Our friends were now leaning over the back seat and confusingly staring at the odd figure. And As the car inched closer, it was now clear that there was something sitting or crouching in the middle of the road. I stopped the car when the headlights had fully lit the figure. And I finally came to the shocking realization. That it was a full-grown golden Retriever with a plastic grocery bag over its head. Its chest was matted and wet by what looked like mud. It's a dog, someone shouted. Honk your horn, maybe it'll run away. And I'm just thinking, who would do such a cruel thing? And without thinking any further, I opened the car door and stepped out of the car into the night back in the car, they said. It probably has rabies. Um, Against my better judgment, I ignored my friends. I looked around and couldn't see very much past the gravel. There were no houses nearby, no cars, nothing but dense trees on both sides of the lonely road. The moon was out, but any light it provided was swallowed by the tall trees. I looked at the dog and it hadn't moved. It was eerily still, not even the approach of our car had startled it, it just sat there, facing us with a white plastic bag on its head. I cautiously approached it, you okay boy, somebody really got you good, huh? Again, the animal gave no reaction, and if I hadn't noticed its chest moving, I would have sworn it was a statue. I looked back at the car one last time to gauge how far I would have to run if the dog decided to go Cujo on me. Uh, And Then I slowly reached my hand to his head and steadily pinched the tip of the bag. Um, I gently raised it off and as I exposed more of his upper body I noticed that what I thought was mud looked more like blood. Once I managed to get the plastic bag off its face, the dog looked at me for a moment and then turned his attention to his left and stared into the woods. His face was wet and smeared with the same blood-like liquid that was on his chest, And it was watching us. A feeling. Someone in the woods. I looked in the rearview mirror as we sped away, but I could only see the red glowing dust clouds lit by the taillights. We all talked about the weird experience among ourselves for a while, but the memory faded away with time. I hadn't thought of that night in years until I started listening to your podcast, and the strange memory came back to but now I'm not so sure. Up to this point, the scariest theory I had was, what if the dog in the road was bait? And what if it was simply a trap to get someone to stop before whoever was in the woods awaited a victim? Maybe the only reason he didn't make a move on us was because there was too many of us. What do you think thanks for listening to my creepy encounter
1: like the stories from the mirrored men episode this one was read aloud by the talented voice actor Warren Pon Abbott the story however is a genuine anonymous submission the story itself is intriguing the caller's suggestion seems spot on perhaps it was a trap it's quite possible that there was someone lying in wait, biding their time until some poor, unexpecting good Samaritan steps out of the safety of their vehicle and into the dangers of the darkness. But who's to say that the entity the color witnessed was even human? Perhaps the plot is more twisted than it appears. Is it possible that the dog was also a victim? Someone or something did this to the poor creature? But to what end? for what gain it's terrifying to consider all these options but thank you for submitting and thank you to Warren for another brilliant performance and that does it for this week's episode but before I go I want to remind all of you that I'm still searching for fictional campfire stories for next week's special Halloween episode the story does not need to be yours nor does it need to be true this particular episode is simply to celebrate this wonderful time of year all that I ask is that you mention from the start that your submission is for the special Halloween episode. The toll free hotline is 1 888 608 Night. Remember to follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hit up the website for show notes and get yourself a Hear There Be Monsters podcast t shirt while you're there. Lastly, music from tonight's episode was provided by Mayu. And Nature 1986. And that does it for tonight. Thank you for listening, and until next week.